You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group Brown Realty Studio in West Monroe. Guest co-host today, you hear his voice right there, the professor Nick Harrison, and the subject of that song being Gus Kettner. We haven't heard that in a while, Prof. It's been a while, man. Have you ta- talked to Gus in a while? It's been forever. Well, here you go. He's on the line. <laughs> I love that. I, I'm serious. It's honestly one of the, the best honors ever, man. I appreciate that. And thoughts and prayers, man. I saw your, uh, your Facebook post, dude. It's you're always a great man with words and stuff, man. You just you just nailed it, man. The importance of family. Yeah, absolutely. I do appreciate that. As, and now that I think about it, I got a chance to talk to Gus last year yep. when Grambling played Tulane because we ran into each other in the press box yeah. uh, while he was running back and forth between the booth and the sideline. You were fighting over chicken tenders, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but Tulane puts out a spread, man. They had wine and cheese up there. <laughs> It was crazy. Like I took a wine bottle home. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think what you probably ran into is the opposing AD's booth, yeah. which is next to that. That's that's the one we like to sneak into at the end of the night when everything is left <laughs> in there. Exactly. We've kind of made friends with the lone soul that has to sit next to the ice chest outside because, yeah. you know, heaven forbid Tulane build a press box that's wider than the width of your shoulders. But right. I mean, <laughs> it's. Dude, that's a beautiful is, facility, man. isn't it? That that stadium's supposed to you know, be unreal. Here's, here's the thing. I, I would say this, Aaron, and Nick, you can you can attest to this. If they would have the problem was the neighbors behind the press box seat, right, where the, the people live. And they didn't want the, the noise pollution, light pollution. I, I'm you sure heard some of these things, right? So they, they didn't want the stadium to cover their shadow and the sun, yet they also didn't want the light from the lights coming in. It was originally supposed to look like a soccer stadium. The, the same people that were that built, like, the Houston Dynamo. You know, if you've ever gone through Houston, you see that soccer facility on the other side of Minute Maid Park. It's a beautiful facility. You don't see the lights, do you? Yeah. Soccer stadiums, the lights are built underneath an overhang. Everyone has shade and all that. That's originally where it was supposed to be, and then stuff started getting cut. So you had a really nice design in which you had shade all everything and lights underneath. But what I would have done is I would have moved the stadium 20 to 50 yards, Nick, towards Ben Wiener Drive on the opposite Mm -hmm. end, if you get what I'm getting at. And that way you could have built it up because Nick will tell you, the press box in that side is about the height of a high school football stadium, if that. And it's not very big. They've had to do three different remodelings on the press box just to even fit people in. The first season there, they didn't have enough seats for the New Orleans media, which isn't a lot. So it's just it was poorly designed. The windows have like X's and they're crossed. Nick will tell you it's like it's just it's not the the smartest design when it comes to that. It's you know so. No. Um, there will be some reminders. Now, the other parts of the stadium, their locker room, right. their, how it attaches to two different buildings, and, and the club level is great. Here's the problem, Aaron. It faces the setting sun. Mm. <laughs> if you would have put where that club level is, where you have superior margaritas and the upper deck and all that, if you would have done that on the opposite end with a press box in, you'd never have problem playing evening games. The problem is the people that are spending – 
a couple of thousand dollars to go in there, guess what? They're never in their seats out there. You know why? Because it's hot. The sun's setting in their eyes. So they go inside where the air condition is. So it's, like I said, I, I would have designed it a little bit differently. I might have even made it a north-south stadium instead of an east-west stadium, but no one asked me. <laughs> Uh, we played the uh, Jason David parody in the 7 o'clock hour. I said I would say Jason David, and your response would be. Oh, boy. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Top 10, I, uh, top 10 bat, worst uh, pickups, free agent signings by the Saints? Yeah, I, I would say so, mainly on this, not, not just this play. It's the expectation level, right? I mean, the Saints went for a number of years in picking up players that you thought were about to come help the team, that you thought were going to add to the team, um, and you saw in the year before, and you're like, all right, look, he's with the Colts, he's not a bad player, all right? You, you know, he's coming with the team that's, you know, that's won the Super Bowl, that's great. My first game, guys, if you remember when I was a Saints sideline reporter, was that season opening game against the Indianapolis Colts, right? I, and I remember that game vividly because, you know, it's Reggie Bush and, and, uh, you know, Drew Brees coming to take on Peyton Manning and everything. And the Saints had just, you know, gotten to the NFC Championship. All this stuff was great. And then, you know, I, I got to see in person on the sideline what Manning could do. And it was just bombs away, man. It was, it was Reggie Wayne right in front of me on the sideline running away. And the dime was just dropped right over the shoulder. And it's Jason David Trailers. Jason, I mean, he's smoked him. It was like wherever he was on the field, they would find him. And, um, you know, here's the thing, though. It's something that it's interesting you bring up that way because when I talk about this year's team, yes, it's easy to say Marshawn Lattimore is solid. Ken Crowley, you know, pretty good. He's going to get a lot of attention. Patrick Robinson uh, is going to help that addition. But you know what else helps the secondary? A pass rush. You know what else helps the secondary? linebacking play. You know what else helps the secondary? Good safeties. When the Saints had poor corners, they really didn't have great safeties, pressure, linebackers. All of that adds so much to it. And you know, it's crazy in talking about this year's team over the last several weeks from watching OTAs or minicamp. This year's corners and secondary, they're going to have fun because you're too deep on the D-line. Per Dennis Allen, you're five to seven players, NBA caliber linebackers in the linebacker room. you got two safeties, essentially, that can play on their own, and either Coleman or Marcus Williams. And Coleman wants to just run around and make plays. And this guy said he's been with, what, six different defensive coordinators. He's known every defense that's made possible. That's a walking coach for your two young buck safeties and uh, Von Bell and Marcus Williams. So they're going to get better. It's like, wait till you see what the secondary can do, guys, because I think they just have talent all the way around. It'll help them, but... Jason David, I'm trying to think, you know, what kind of line they had, what kind of linebacking play they did, and, you know, they had to eventually upgrade some of those positions for the Saints to make a run in 2009. Mark Ingram, of course, meets with the Pesky Press uh, last week. Anything from his comments that surprised you, where he basically threw the media under the yeah. bus and then yep. backed over top of them. Yep, uh, Nick, I'm throwing you in excuse. there, too. Yep, it's yeah. Nick's fault, it's Aaron's fault, Sean Fox, all you guys. I mean, just the dirty media. I mean, we created the, you know, the contract dispute. It had nothing to do with it. You know, it's just him trying to, trying to lose. Like LeBron with the carb diet. Remember LeBron with the carb diet? <laughs> he yeah. dropped 25 pounds with the carb diet. Yeah, it's the carb diet. I mean, here's the thing. Stop it. Just, just be honest. You know, 
I always say this all the time, and I, I don't know, I, maybe I need to start like a media class with some of these athletes, man. It's real simple. I, I've always thought this with Sean Payton. He gets so testy when it comes to injuries. Mm-hmm. It's how you answer it. And you, if you just answer it, then you can move on, right? You know, if, like he did during OTAs, hey, where's Michael Thomas? You know, and he got testy by going his token. I'm not going to do injuries. You know how to do injuries. And you can see him. His lips start to purse. You know, his answers get shorter, and he gets aggravated. Why? Why, Sean? All you have to do is, hey, you know, we've seen enough of him in the OTA. You saw him, right? He was great. Joke about it. Did you see how good he was? Yeah, he didn't need to be out here. And then you have a chuckle. Everybody chuckles. Go, nah, you know, it's, it's all good. Uh, you'll see him at training camp. Boom. I didn't tell you what was wrong with him. Nothing is fine, right? And, and you had fun with it. Instead, you get, you know, like that. All Mark Ingram had to do was, hey, look, you know, my, my decisions for not being here, it's, I talked to the team. We're all good with it. I'm ready to focus on the next year. You know, contract, look, you know, that's stuff that my agent and, and Mickey talk about. I'm focusing on football. I mean, just say it like that because I, I gave the guy a couple Pinocchios. I just have a hard time believing everything was coincidence. You know, the, the changing of agents, the not being here, the the fact that you feel that you can – get better working out somewhere else, which could be the case. I get it. But if Captain America is always here, as we like to call him in New Orleans, it's, it's hard for me to say that you shouldn't be here. You know, and especially when you're going to be suspended four games, especially when you see this team as a bunch of weapons that they brought in from Watson to Meredith to Traquan Smith. Uh, I, just, I just think you want to leave a lasting impression of, hey, look, you know, if I'm looking for an extension, I'm looking for a new deal, I you know, look at my worker B. But I mean, this is where I'm at. You know, I'm about the team. I'm all about that. So it's voluntary. I get it. So, you know, but I think the biggest issue I had, Aaron, was Sean Payton during rookie minicamp told us it was about the contract. I mean, he essentially did. You know, he's like, look, we talked about it. I don't agree with it. So, I, I, again, now, plausible deniability. Could, could he have meant, Sean, that he doesn't agree with what Mark said, that he could be working out somewhere else, doesn't need to work out with the team, sure. But come on. I, I, I don't think anybody believes that. You know, and, and I don't know if you have to have one of your star running backs if they have to be likable or not, but does Mark Ingram kind of flip-flop back and forth with you whether yeah. or not he's likable or not? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I wouldn't say likable in, in that word. I would almost say liked oh. or not liked. Here's what I'm getting at. I think he's always been likable in terms that I don't think he's ever been ugly with us. I don't think he's ever, um, you know, shunned the media ever, even when he didn't get carries, even when he had tantrums on it. He always talked. So I would say he's very likable. Um the tantrums that we saw him throw earlier in his career, whether it was for Deuce, with I mean, I'm sorry, with for Reggie or Pierre Thomas, um, you know, you just you you kind of saw, you know, he wanted, you know, again, he explained it like I I want the ball, I want carry, so I get it, you know, he he had the same you know thing with with Tim Hightower in that game, remember, where you know he did he carried the ball seven times down the field and Hightower got the one yard touchdown, so I get that it comes across selfish. But I understand that I'd rather have a guy that, you know, it's kind of like I, I talked about a lot with Baker Mayfield. I'd rather a guy that's into the game and wants to compete and wants to win and wants to do all that than a guy that, yeah, you know, I, I have to try to motivate. So I'm okay with that. I said liked Aaron because I, I've always felt that this fan base never really liked him, never really liked the pick, 
never really bought into him. The guy has 2,000-yard seasons, back-to-back, 1,500 yards combined, and this past minicamp, I walked around with the recorder, talked to fans, and asked them two questions. What, do you, you know, what player are you looking forward to seeing the most this year, and, and what do you think of the team, you know, his chances and stuff? And it wasn't even close. It, it was 80 to 90% either Lattimore or Camaro. I mean, it, that, that's it. What I'm getting at is no one really goes Ingram. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you think about it, he's had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, 1,500-plus combined. He was a great big brother to Alvin Kamara last year. Who, who, I mean, that surprised me, right? He could have gone both ways. He could have gone, you know, dude, you, I mean, you went and got, eight, you know, you went and got Adrian Peterson, and then you drafted a running back. He could have gone the wrong way. Instead, he worked harder, and I thought he – had a great year last year and, and took that kid under his wing and didn't get any pressure on him and gladly shared it. I mean, think about that. So I, I still don't think, though, that the fans ever really embrace it. They're like, this dude, uh, Kamara's great. And I was like, look at Michael Thomas. Like, no one ever says Ingram first. And he was a huge part of the offense last year. So that's why I use the word like, Darren. For, for some reason, fans have never gotten over the fact that they traded up to get him yet they seem to forget that literally the postseason, a couple of months before that draft at Seattle, the team lost pretty much every running back. I mean, Bush was injured, Pierre Thomas was injured. Do you remember? Like, if they would have won that Seahawks game, you and I would have had to go play running back. They had no running backs. So, you know, you didn't know. You know, Bush had been having an injury history. Pierre Thomas was starting to have an injury history. The Saints didn't have running backs that they maybe could trust. And, you know, Reggie was gone right after and Pierre really was kind of phased out eventually. So you see why they drafted that running back. But I've just always felt this fan base has never been on board with Mark Ingram. Bottom line is he should have owned it. And then, of course, uh, this should have been a feel-good story, but he screwed up. This should have been coming off the two years, like you said, going into right. this season, the dynamic right. duo there in the backfield. Right. They would have had all these fluff pieces, national media doing right. this love affair with the two Saints running backs. And now it's about Mark Ingram, of course, missing the four, first four games because he tried to cheat. And got yep, you know, and, and here's the other thing, Aaron. The, the, the other thing, too, is you have a guy that, you know, I made a statement and got crushed for a little bit, but I'm like, you know, you know, just keep thinking. Just keep thinking here. Um, it, it's 1A1B, right? Yesterday we had some fun closing out the show, talked about the Madden ratings that came out and. Cam Jordan was the highest-rated Madding player at 95 out of 99, which was crazy, right? Breeze was wow. next. Kamara was fifth. I'm like, come on. He was 88. I'm like, whatever. My point is this. There is a transition period. Now, you know, I told you this at the end of last year when the Pro Bowl was playing, too. I said, look, you're, you're seeing a transition where, you know, the Pro Bowls come. Nick, you know what I'm talking about. You know, coming up this afternoon in the game, and you're going to say the team that they're playing, the Grambling's playing, Nick, Who's their big player, right? Who's their, who's their star? Who's the player to look after you? For years, it's been Drew Brees in the Saints, right? I mean, you might throw in another player, but it's Drew Brees in the Saints. Well, for the Monday night and Sunday night and Thursday night promos, it's the Saints with Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan. I mean, and you're going to see probably some other guys step up too, but there's such a, a – foundation of you marcus davenport i mean just it's crazy to think of the young faces that are transitioning to be the faces of this team to where 
now I'm not I haven't been drinking, but I'm telling you, like during camp and, and during OTAs, it's not that I'm not used to see. There's Drew being Drew, but I'm like, dude, Thomas looks like a beast. My goodness, look how quick Kamara is. Dude, Davenport, shoot. I'm like looking at other players. You know, normally I'm just watching nine because he's so far better than anybody else on that field. And he, I would at least say he has company. But I'm telling you, this is something that we've touched on a lot when it comes to the NBA and their TV ratings and stuff like that. Even if you're not following their team, they have so many more marketable players and must-watch matchups and must-watch players. And I'm throwing this out there on our show. Who is that in the NFL? Like, non-Saints game, Aaron, who do you go to? And your wife's like, look, I know you want to go. i got to watch this game. You know, you want to make sure you're home for the noon game or the 3 p.m. game or that Sunday night football game. Like, is there a player that you have to sit and watch play? And the NFL doesn't have very many, if any, really, when you think about it. The NBA, Thursday or Tuesday nights when TNT has, there's probably going to be some players I want to check out or some matchups or games or in the playoffs even. And I just don't feel the NFL sort of has that. It's their problem right now. But I think, my long-winded point here, Alvin Kamara can be that player. I think he has enough charisma. I think he has that look. I think he's spectacular to watch on the field. You watch to see if that guy didn't start getting some deals here, if he has another season like last year and has some sensational plays to where you start seeing that jersey selling outside of New Orleans. Yeah, the NFL just uh, came. Their NFL Network has been doing their top 100 players list like they do every year, and Alvin Kamara is already in the top 20. Yeah, He's there you go. I mean, there you go, the right there after one year. And look, and that's what I'm saying. People love, Nick, to, to see the, you know, Revis side and stuff like So Lattimore has a good shot, too, as being one of the top defensive players. But, dude, Kamara's just – when you hear him talk last week, I, I just chuckled. I chuckled. You know, he talked about uh, opening up his hips more and getting more fluidity and increasing his speed and quickness. And I'm like, you got faster? I mean, it was like – and just talking about those different things, running the routes better, understanding, you know, where he's lining up. He's like, man, last year I was just trying to, to, go, to you know, make sure I ran the right play. And I'm like, oh, my. I mean, that's him just making it work. Then, I, you know, it's like, that's what, again, goes back to Ingram, Aaron. I, there's, there's other targets, man, that I can assign on this team. I need you here because if you're not here, out of sight, out of mind, dude. I mean, I get it. You're loved. You're you're your great teammate and all that, but, um, man, if he's rolling and some of these other guys are rolling, it's going to be hard to all of a sudden say week five, hey, let's just throw him in into the offense here, you know? I just make the argument. If Kamara loses the nose ring, that would probably help his uh, endorsement deals flourish a little bit more. No, man. I, that, I, he'll I, be in better here, shape. Here's what I say, though, Aaron. Today's kids, man, and I, I pray. <laughs> you know, when I look at, at Carver, oh. I mean, if you don't have seven tats or – or piercings, you're almost like not the cool kid anymore, man, when you look at it. So, I, I don't know, it's the thing. Everyone has piercings, man. I mean, Aaron, yeah. Nick, doesn't Aaron need a couple of piercings? I think Aaron needs some I, I had one in college. I had an earring in college. <laughs> yeah, but you see, you should have two. You need that two. Yeah, yeah go. There you go. Yeah, it didn't go. last long. You're being an old man right <laughs> now. I am an old man. <laughs> it didn't last I am an old man. Gus, we want to hear more. Where can we hear you, man? Hey, man, uh, ESPN Radio, NOLA every single day, 12 to 3, and all you have to do is just uh, go to the TuneIn Radio app and check it out, and uh, it's absolutely free. But, dude, just 
tweet at us at ESPN Radio Nolo at GCAT17. We're always posing silly questions and things like that that we'd love to get y'all's opinion. So definitely do that. Oh, Thank you're you guys not going to hear from. Per- you're not going to hear from Professor for another year. Anything you want to say to him before he leaves? I miss you. I know. I love. I'm telling you, dude. I love that song. It's crazy to think how long I've been talking with you guys, and uh, it's always yeah. a pleasure. Thank I'll you. make you a new one. Ooh. <laughs> Take care. Promises. Promises. I'll make you a new one. Promises. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Later, man. Man, you're, you're just a big tease, man. I am. Don't tell the guy. I think you told me you were going to make one back in the day. I'm going to make you a new one. Squat. And I did make you one like five weeks later. But it happened. What you mean, like a song for you? Yeah, huh. I'll make a song. I'll make a song for you too. Uh, yeah, promises. I'll make. I'll make. The Tabor wants one too. No, I'm not making a song. I'm not doing that. Uh, we're an hour and fifteen minutes into this thing. Hour and twenty minutes into it, you finally got your microphone working right. It was working right already. You know what? Uh, you're a little rusty, man. It's it's not my fault. Uh, Kevo's short. <laughs> I had to adjust it. And I got fussed on the air by Tabor. That's why I'm not making him a song. Yeah, okay. No, don't do that. <laughs> I don't think he sounded like that. Somewhat. It is yeah, 993-7762. It is the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash text line. We're back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, Cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. Music runs deep. In the land where America's music was born. Adventure runs deep. On endless acres of woods, water, and wildlife. History runs deep. From civil war to civil rights to space exploration. Mississippi runs deep. So come experience it for yourself. Follow our music trails to the birthplace of the blues, the father of country music, and the king of rock and roll. Explore our rich history and culture in dynamic museums that bring the past to life. Play all day on our lakes, streams, and golf courses. Then play all night at a luxurious casino resort. Mississippi runs deep. So don't just get your feet wet, dive in deep. Start planning your Mississippi experience today at visitmississippi.org. Mantai Teo Mantai's girlfriend, she was a hoax. Te Mantai Te Mantai Te Mantai Te Mantai Te Mantai Mantai's girlfriend, she was a hoax.
game against Bama looked like a bum. Manti's girlfriend, she Local sports talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. That's one of my favorites. That one is a favorite of a lot. Like you and Kramer both really love that one. That was one of my favorites, too. It's just. So you remember that time, though. I mean, it was just oh. ridiculous. And, like, course, just, and the nation just grabbed hold of that storyline. Because Manti Teo got catfished. Yeah. Come on, man. You didn't even know what catfished was back then. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. that, But that brought catfishing awareness to the nation. So congratulations to Manti Teo on that. Did, the show, Saint? did the show start after that, the reality show, and the, the guys went across the country? And- no, it was because I actually mentioned it in the song. Uh-huh. So it had already started. Like it's towards the end, I mentioned Catfish. Richie says, oh, my goodness, that one is excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you did. You mentioned it right there. <laughs> Maybe you could be on Catfish. Yeah. My fake Jamaican accent. Yeah. NFL, hey, NFL storylines this summer, Nick Harrison, the professor that you were keeping tabs on. What fascinates you the most? Is it the Patriots and how it seems like this close-knit franchise seems to be unraveling oh, a bit? yeah, Or man. is it the situation over in Dallas? Uh, for me, I, I'm looking close at the Patriots situation and it's just how it all just seems to be going downhill for the Patriots, mostly because that means it's going uphill for my <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Oh yeah. It always comes back to the Bills. It always comes back to the Bills, Aaron. And with Bruce Petty leaving the area, I guess now you are one of the lone Buffalo Bill fans remaining besides uh, Kyle Williams family. Yeah. Wait, what? Hmm? What happened? Huh? What's that? Well, with Bruce Petty leaving this area, huge Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah. There's very few of you Bills fans. And besides, of course, Kyle Williams' family, there's not a lot of them. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. Well, no. In this area, yeah. But you got to remember, they got uh, Trey White from LSU, yeah. who is a uh, a native of Shreveport from the Cooper Road. So, you know, there, there are LSU players there. There are uh, some guys from local uh who were there but you know kyle williams is the guy yeah love me some kyle williams and you know there were a lot of people who were thinking especially after they went to the playoffs this past year that this would possibly be kyle that that would have possibly been the perfect opportunity for kyle to step away mm-hmm. and retire and there were all kind of messages that were being sent out by the franchise and by the team saying thank you kyle williams so you were thinking you know maybe this is it Man. but he is going to come back for another year and and that's awesome. Uh, I think that he's the he's the sentimental leader of that team. He's a lunch pail guy. He's the definition of what they call in the NFL a lunch pail guy. So he you're saying with Kyle hard. Williams coming back and, of course, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the issues that they're having, and, of course, it appears Gronk and Brady are now uh, kind of in cahoots together against Belichick. You like your chances a little bit more against the Pats. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Super Bowl. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, it's – I think that they are trending upward. Only problem is they don't necessarily have a quarterback. You know, it's uh, they got Journeyman back there. They they drafted the Allen kid, and there are questions about him. So you know, that's you got to have a quarterback. You got to have a solid quarterback in the league if you really want to 
Did Tyrod uh, Tyrod Taylor get a bum rap? Yeah, I love T-Mobile. Yeah. I, I hate what happened to him and how he just was basically cast aside in Buffalo. You know, made out to be the scapegoat. You know, he led the team to their first playoff appearance since the nineties. So you got to give him credit for that. You know, they're not they're not the Browns. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you can say about the Bills right now. Hey. At least you're not the Browns. Maybe you want to be the Browns nope. this year. A nope. lot of hype, a lot yeah. of headlines around you, Cleveland. You never want to be the Browns. There's, there's never a, a time lyric, in life. There's a lyric right there. Yes. <laughs> never want to be the Browns. Never want to be the Browns. Uh, Delario says that song right there with the music these days, that would be a number one hit. <laughs> I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or an insult because the, the music right now is horrible. So maybe he's just saying this is better than anything I can listen to on the radio, or he's saying sounds kind of like the other crap that we've been listening to. (laughs) Take it as a compliment. I'll take it as a compliment. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You can continue to weigh in at 888-993-7762. We're back after this on The Morning Drive. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Things heat up and you need to cool down. Call the experts at Chili's Heating and Cooling. Take advantage of our current offers on all our qualifying Lennox air conditioning systems. Visit us online at Jilly'sAC.com and like us on Facebook. Jilly's Heating and Cooling, your independent premier Lennox dealer. Chili's Heating and you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. LSU Tigers want to set that field, want to set that field on fire. Miss State Bulldogs want to beat that team, higher ranking is desired. Dan Mullen has a few tricks up his sleeve. Les Miles is trying to find some grass to eat. Heard that Mississippi has some blades that sweet. In Viva Stark Vegas. Viva Stark Vegas. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. 
Sean drinks whiskey. Nick I think that's the first time I've heard that. Get that. He dug in the crates for this yeah. one because this one isn't even on my SoundCloud page. You got to go to my YouTube page. This one. Uh, they LSU was playing Mississippi State on a Thursday night in Starkville. And I wrote this song because Sean and Nick were in Starkville for the game and doing the show live. So I surprised them with this song, and it's actually one of my favorites. It's a really cool. Just, I, how many of them are there now? Parodies? Yeah. I, I've lost Richie uh, says he bought one. They need to be shared with the rest of the world. I might need to make out a CD, possibly. Yeah, that's what he says. I could, like I could do that. You know, it's uh, there's a, I, I, I've kind of lost count. Uh, a lot of them. There's some that the are. The Todd Berry one we haven't heard yet. And by the way, uh, making an effort to get Todd Berry on the show very soon. Just talk about the state of uh, college athletics and college football. So I, I'm sure we'll bring that back up with uh, Todd Berry. We, oh, we that on. guy, Todd yeah. Berry, Todd Berry's onions, the guy, he just, <laughs> he just, he was a, he, he, he was no, I love Todd Berry. I really do. Uh, the legend of Todd Berry is one of my favorites. Uh, that one is one that I think you can only find on my YouTube channel as well. Uh, well plug your YouTube channel then. Uh, go to my YouTube channel. I don't, <laughs> I don't <laughs> I, well, uh, well, what's it listed at? It's my list, YouTube channel. See? Listed under my name. Well, there you uh, go. Here's well, your opportunity. If you go, if you, I guess if you search. Help me out here, man. If you search for Nick Harrison on YouTube. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you'll find me. Uh, it's got some really cool videos. Real organized uh, here. Yeah. I just, because there's so many. Nick Harrison is actually a more common name than you would think. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy named Nick Harrison who was on that uh, that Fox show before mm. with Diddy. So you know, there's there's that Nick Harrison, but then there's me. Mm. Uh, if you, I guess if you, I'm looking for it now. All right, captivating radio right here. I know, uh, great radio. Uh, right let's get now. back to a little bit to uh, Roy Lang. Of course, his opportunity over at the Shreveport Times. He was a caddy at the U.S. Open this past week. I had an opportunity to visit with him uh, last night since he's on the course this morning uh, with an uh, working an amateur event with his golfer, Philip Barbaret, who, of course, was in the U.S. Open. I asked him about the course and what it was like on Thursday and Friday and what was the talk like in the locker room about what was taking place out at Shinnecock. Just, just how, uh, you know, any shot that was offline and not just shots that were offline anything online you know that wasn't perfect wasn't wasn't going to be pretty but any error in the u.s open i've been watching this for so long covering it watching on tv this and that but just to see shots that are maybe a yard or two off and all of a sudden you're hoping you can make a bogey it's it's just really how penal the U.S. Open can be, and, and that was the thing. Shinnecock's fairways were super wide. It wasn't like it was, you know, old-school U.S. Open really tight. But if you got off of them, I mean, you know, you were making bogey at least. Uh, although, you know, Brooks Kepka did a wonderful job of, of getting out of the hay on Sunday, and that's why he won, because people weren't making pars out of the hay like he was. Uh, so it, it was just how penal the course was and, and how the course changed. We arrived a full week before the course, you know, the, the event began, the course was plush, the greens were soft, 
they were fast. They were tricky. The course was hard. The rough was obviously, you know, had already grown up, grown up. But the difference between the course on the day we arrived and a week later, the first round of the tournament, I can't even describe it. It went from, you know, walking on your front lawn and you, you feel the grass underneath you and it's nice and soft to then going and trying to play on your driveway. Mm. That, that's really what it went from in one week, from your front lawn to your driveway. Obviously, they're getting all kinds of backlash on Saturday. And then on Sunday, of course, they changed it up a little bit in terms of the placements. And, of course, you didn't have the win. Were you surprised that they basically fessed up that, yes, it was an extremely difficult golf course and they had to change it up a little bit for Sunday? I really don't think they had a choice. I, I actually think the golf course was fair. And I think most of the guys thought it was fair except for a couple of pin positions. And listen, here's the deal. You know, the wind did change. I was looking at the forecast, and I didn't see those winds that were that, that ended up happening. You know, we're checking it hour by hour, trying to, to chart pins and do that. So so we had a good gauge on the forecast, um, you know, when we played, and then certainly we, we stayed tuned on Saturday. And the problem is the USGA sets up the course to be on the edge for the weather conditions that they expect, and so there is no leeway there. So if they get a little worse or if the wind comes out of a different direction than they expect, then all of a sudden you have, you know, goofy golf. I liked it. I love to see the world's greatest golfers challenged and, of course, uh, shaking their head and muttering under their breath. That is my favorite major because of that very thing. Because, you know, you got these weekend hackers who are constantly in the plus side, on the plus side, and they're watching the U.S. Open like, they're people, That's too. That's me. They're people, too. Yeah. And they make the course that way just so it'll be difficult for these PGA golfers. They're out there looking like crap on the course because the, the rough is ridiculous. And, you know, Roy talked about that last week, how the rough was, like, yeah. just huge. So it, it it's it's good to see Phil Mickelson out there running after a putt and hitting it while it's still rolling. Well, good tie-in because then, of course, uh, the question about Phil to Roy and what did he make of lefty and, of course, uh, and now that it has the whole golfing world in a brouhaha about what Phil did, what did Roy think about Mickelson on hole number 13? Uh, I think it was shocking, first of all. Uh, number one, I don't think this is anything that should tarnish uh, Phil's legacy, I really don't. Um, but on the other hand, I, I just don't see how he wasn't disqualified. It was just certainly an egregious act. Uh, who knows what he would have made? I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, sure, golf can be a lot easier. Yes, it costs him two strokes. But in the U.S. Open, if that ball rolls around the bunker, you have no idea what he's going to make. He could go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. We've seen guys do it before. So, he took advantage of the rules. Um, he sort of make a, made a mockery of the rules. And I really and I just think that he should have been disqualified. Now, it was the heat of the moment. Uh, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't think it's going it, to, it should tarnish his, his reputation in any way. But he just sort of contradicted himself. Yeah. You know, he said he knew the rule. He knew exactly what he was doing. Then his playing partner said, when he walked off the green, Phil said, I don't even know what I just made. Just let me know. He said the same thing to the scorekeeper. So he was sort of caught in a the lie there. I don't think he really knew what he was doing. Um, but 
regardless, he did not play the hole as it was supposed to be played, and that just, to me, is disqualification. Roy, as baffling as it is what he did, I thought it almost his remarks afterwards were even more baffling. I thought if he just came out and said, hey, I had a brain fart, you know, I just, but then to try to say like that he was doing it to try to save him a stroke or two, I just thought that was just crazy. Yeah, he had five holes to think of that, and, and that's the best he could come up with, and I'm with you. I just, I think that was, it was terrible, and, you know, it, it ended up, you know, two other people contradicted what he said. So, yeah. you know, I think he was trying to, to come up with something, you know, and, and sort of, you know, he's, he's had it out with the USGA a little bit, and I think he was trying to make them look bad mm. a little bit and maybe deflect what he did. Um, and I'm with you. I mean, it, you know, listen, it wasn't, you know, mass murder or anything. However, in the game of golf, it, it just doesn't fly. And, and, boy, I would hate to see this, you know, be a trend. Hey, something's rolling off the green. Well, I'm just going to tap it, you know, go all happy Gilmore and be happy to take the two-stroke penalty. I just hope some idiots don't start doing that. So it was uh, it was definitely a blemish, but uh, something we'll, we'll maybe all laugh about here in a year or two. Roy Lang, a Shreveport sports writer by night during the day, caddying at the U.S. Open. I asked him about the role of a caddy with a PGA member. The most challenging thing, you know, technically is the wind. I mean, and, and that was the same when I played golf and, mm-hmm. in tournaments. You can, you can sort of play around anything, but judging the wind is so tough. And in Shinnecock, as you saw, it blew so hard. And you have to remain confident because if, you're, if your player – realizes you're not confident about the wind direction or the wind speed or the the right club then he's not confident and and you just you, you really do feed off each other so being confident or at least faking confidence <laughs> really don't know what the exact answer is is the toughest thing for me and uh you know just seeing the kid be down you know he, he was in the u.s open shot a couple numbers that he did not want to do and it, at 47 years old, I can realize how much this is going to benefit him down the road. At 19, I think he only thinks, boy, those are scores that I never shoot. He can't realize, hey, it's the U.S. Open. Everything's easier from here. So uh, the confidence, number one, when you don't really know what the right club is, and then you feel for your guy when, when he doesn't think he's doing as well as he should have. So psychiatrist slash weatherman. Oh, absolutely. I mean, seriously, you're, you're everything on the bag, I, you know. You are you are what's wrong when the shot goes bad. Um, you are a psychiatrist. It's oh, well, you didn't do this. You did not that he's saying that, but yeah. that's what you think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have the, this kid's the greatest guy in the world, and he's never blamed me for anything. But whenever they hit a bad shot, you're thinking, man, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, it's fun, man. Though it, it it really gets my competitive juices flowing, and and uh, I think we're a pretty good team, and you never know what's in store. And finally, I asked him about being the perks of a caddy and, of course, uh, being on the PGA, those players. What happens when they go to the U.S. Open and what kind of how do they roll out the red carpet for them? Oh, my gosh, it's unbelievable. First of all, you fly into whatever airport it is within 50 miles and there's a Lexus waiting for you for the whole week. <laughs> um, you know, all the food, drinks. Oh, here's the best. The caddies, though, this week, the caddies get free haircuts, free massages free uh, uh, neck adjustments, free, what's the little tube that you get in? Uh, hydra, oh, gosh, what's it oh, called? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Never had one. <laughs> all this all this physical therapy stuff, uh, I mean, you get, you get treated like a king. The USGA does just an unbelievable job 
of not just the players but the caddies, but the players, obviously. they There is a guy, literally, that will matter – you know, this guy named Robbie, he's the greatest. Whatever you have. I needed a Sharpie because Philip Sharpie ran out in the middle of the round. I said, hey, man, I need a Sharpie that's fine. It's one of the fine Sharpies, not the thick Sharpies. Yeah. Like, here you go. And he needed. He had the exact one we needed. So <laughs> uh, they're, they're treated very well. Let's put it that way. Good stuff from Roy Lang. Uh, pretty cool. And now he's crisscrossing the country with uh, Philip Barbe. And hopefully uh, this is going to work out for him. He continues to write for the Shreveport Times, though. Good yeah. stuff. So, so maybe he should quit his writing job. Maybe. Perhaps down the road. Caddy for a living. Hey, you already lost your voice after an hour and 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah. I'm, I'm out of practice. Uh, coming up next, parting shots on the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. In the South, June means lawn work is only half done. There's still a lot of grass cutting to do. So through the end of June, you can save 10% on all residential grade zero turn cup cadet mowers from Yard Power. YP has a huge inventory of mowers to choose from because Yard Power is your cup cadet superstore. All cup cadet zero turn mowers, 10% off through June 30th at Yard Power. Highway 165 North in Monroe and on Waltrip Lane just off New Dakadish in West Monroe. If your job situation is changing because of layoffs or restructuring, make sure your retirement stays on track. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor Mike Barris. Stop by our office at 1507 Lamy Lane for a face-to-face appointment. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Yo. 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 Prof. Court side at the game. The game. Girls love his nickname. Nickname. On the Heisman watch, watch. Don't believe him, just watch. Johnny, 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 don't believe him, just watch. Watch. Don't believe him, just watch. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Girls love he had more than one uh, Johnny. Oh, just one. Just one. But it's... It pro- might be my favorite. I know it's John's favorite. That's why he waited until the end of the show to play it. But it's, uh, it's not even. It's one of my favorites. It's not even my most popular. One. The most popular one was the uh, the the Honey Badger one that I did years ago, which still has like over 125,000 hits on SoundCloud. Um, Isn't it crazy how his career, how he was able to turn everything around? Yeah, man, it's it's a great story. It was a great story how he was able to turn everything around from where it began, you know, getting kicked off of the team at LSU, mm-hmm. 
and uh, constantly having drug problems mm-hmm. when he was in college, uh, going to the league and really transforming not only his game but his you know his his life. And it's it's just a fantastic story of redemption. One of the things that you love to see for somebody with his kind of talent. Mm. That brings us to our parting shots. I started when we didn't have computers, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have any of that garbage. You do what everybody else in the media does, just creates and throw it on the wall and see what sticks. Have something to ask, just like this. Let's do it. Where'd that come from? I never said that. Nobody in this building ever said that. So where'd you come up with that? Just, you know, had a dream about it or what? But see, it's real easy when you're not in the business, when you've never played the game, when you don't understand truly what the game is. And that's, to me, that's chicken. Continue to take an informal poll. Uh, yay or nay bringing Bruce Petty back on the show this summer? Wow. Yay. You just want to hear Buffalo Bills. Yes. Bring him back. What you got as a parting shot? Uh, So the Philadelphia Eagles, as we know, uh, coached by Doug Peterson, who people know in this area. Are you going to steal my thunder, man? Is that is that, is that what oh. you use as your party shot? Oh. Where, where are you going to Doug Peterson? <laughs> no, I was going to say the Eagles uh, have some, uh, gave a yeah. Super Bowl ring yes. to an assistant that was fired by Chip Kelly. Yeah. She was a secretary over three decades with the Eagles. Started in 85. Yeah. So Chip Kelly gets the bum rap here, just uh, throwing him under the bus. He gets fired. <laughs> she, he fires her. How cool is this, though? And I'm not trying to steal back the thunder here, no, Prof, ahead. as we're telling the story here together. Uh, they just basically called her up and said, hey, uh, what size ring do you wear? Or she gets an email. So she calls him back and says, hey, uh, I think you made a, a mistake. I got this uh, email. And they said, no, call us. We need to get you fitted. How cool is that? That is awesome. That is awesome. And, and the story goes even uh, further than that. So she's been there, obviously, for over three decades. And Doug Peterson, of course, worked as an assistant under Andy Reid from 2009 to 2012. And the lady's name is, we need to give her some, some credit here, Carol Cohen. And she loved the flea flicker. So she was always kind of prodding and trying to get the coaching staff to put the flea flicker in the play or in the game plan for every single week. (laughs) And she still has contact and correspondence with uh, Doug Peterson. And then, of course, you may remember in the NFC title game against the Vikings, there was a pivotal flea flea flicker. Right. And she says before that game, she texts Peterson, Doug said, just uh, text him and said, good luck. And I also said to him in the text, I only have one thing to say, and that's flea flicker. Doug texts back and said, it's actually in the game plan this week. All I have to do is call it. And then, of course, during the game, he called it. How cool is that, Prof? Uh, that's, <clears throat> that's amazing, man. That's, that's, again, one of those feel-good stories, a story that you, that you love to see. And uh, that's kind of redemption for that, you know, because – Chip Kelly, Philadelphia fans don't even really recognize that he was a coach of the team. So for her to get that redemption is really cool. Uh, 219 diamonds on the ring, 17 green sapphires each, uh, handed out to a number of people and, of course, the players and everybody in the organization 
Well done by the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I have uh, another story. You know, I come with backups. Yes, thank you. Uh, Fox Sports and USGA have apologized for sexually graphic audio heard during the U.S. Open. Too many microphones on the course. (laughs) Uh, Fox Sports had set up dozens of microphones across Shinnecock Hills. Uh, that gave this year's golfers one highly frustrating round after another, yeah. and one of those hot mics picked up an illicit conversation that no one in the audio booth registered or quiet or quieted very quickly. Uh, that's my ex. Uh, that's when we were blanking so hard, and I head butted her in the head, and I smacked that blank down. Mm. This was heard in Fox and Sports mm-hmm. during the U.S. Open. As Patrick Reed was hitting an approach shot, there was two uh, fans, patrons, uh, near a mic, and obviously they were not supposed to pick that up. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, this year's U.S. Open was kind of a – It was colorful. Yeah. Yeah, you got that. You got Phil running after putts yeah. and hitting them before they even stopped rolling. It was X-rated. Throw, it, yeah, it was – this one was not – this wasn't even PG-13, this U.S. Open. <laughs> this U.S. Open was rated R for rough. <laughs> well played. That was good, Prof. Hey, you know. Hey, uh, thanks for coming in. I, 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 anytime, man. I love coming in. I'll actually, again, I'll be on Sports Company this afternoon with Sean Fox, Ebony, and Ivory uh, back together again for three full hours. So if you're sick of me now – just wait till this afternoon. But no, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to go stand out on uh, Cyprus and try to find a uh, co-host for tomorrow. You should. <laughs> Whoever and drives by or walks by, say, hey, tomorrow, you're on the show. Well, it might be me because I'll be Ubering <laughs> right after the show. Uh, everybody have a fantastic day. We do look forward to tomorrow. Dr. Jeff Council will join us at 730. How about Jason Thompson, former Sterlington head coach? He now has a new gig. He is Sterlington's new principal. So Jason will join us at 8 o'clock, talk about his uh, career and, of course, now the adjustment of being an administrator. Jason Thompson joins us at 8. Nice. Yeah. Everybody have a fantastic day. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.